Okay, so I just woke up from a vision. Most days I'm so depressed because I'm fighting so hard for my family. Having most of the time to have to focus on things that are most important. A majority of the time, all the time, it's frustrating. It frustrates me because I don't want to keep saying things frustrate me, but a lot of times I'm upset because, like, I'm constantly reminded, like, the voices I'm hearing, the screams that I'm hearing, sound like that come from hell. It's my family. They're in hell. And I guess so am I. Until we complete this mission together. We have to make it out as a family. The only way to do that is for each and every single last one of us to give our lives to Jesus. I believe that we've accepted him as our Lord and our Savior, but now we have to do the work. We have to apply his word to our heart. We have to change our lives. We have to let go of any witchcraft or any type of bloodline ties or anything that we have to do with the devil. We have to let it all go. I'm always reminded of, as for me and my house, we will praise the Lord. It's motivation now because a lot of my family members... Though I want them all to go, they don't feel like they have to listen to me. They say, we don't have to listen to you. You you don't run this. You, who are you? You are not. I do what I want to do or I'll go this way. I'll go that way. I don't have to follow you. I don't have to go the way you go. And they just give me a hard time just because I'm the one giving the instructions as if I'm not being led as well. Most of the time, I have no idea where we are. Or how we got there or where to go next without God, without God guiding me. I just listen to him. I just allow him to lead me. And so therefore, I'm not your boss. I don't want to be your boss. I don't want to have to rule over you. It's God. And God doesn't want to have to be your boss or rule over you either. He wants you to choose him. He's not going to force you to do anything. So, I mean, well, yeah, rule over you, but like, what I'm saying is, he doesn't force anybody. So, it just is difficult. I understand it's very difficult every day that I fight and I'm tortured. Every single day for it. But I always say it's better to be tortured. This is how I motivate myself. It's better to be tortured for my family and for the things and the people that I love, for my faith, than to be tortured out here for these vain materialistic things. I know it sounds like it don't matter, but we're tortured every single day for the choices that we make. You know, at this point, I've been... 
giving a second chance. No, a million chance. I don't know how many chances I've been given at this point to move forward and choose God and be tortured for God instead of tortured for my everyday lifestyle choices and all the things I did wrong in my past and all the things that I actually deserve. Instead of being tortured for that, I'm being tortured for God. And even if I am being tortured for that, I was going to be tortured for that anyways because I did it. But I have the opportunity to be persecuted by God. Excuse me, persecuted for God. So, this is a blessing. This is a blessing. And despite how much pain I go through, how difficult it is to see it, sometimes I try my best not to ever lose sight of it. But as for me and my house, we shall praise the Lord. It's my motivation because I can't control my family. I mean, I can, but I I won't do it that way because I don't want them to feel like I'm getting some sort of high off of ruling over them or having power over them. And, you know, I'm human, so maybe sometimes my head gets a little big when I realize it. You know, God has placed me in this position, but, you know, the humility of everything I have to go through for them, everything I'm willing to go through for them, and everything I've gone through thus far, and everything I will probably have to continue to go through for each and every single last one of them, keeps me very sober-minded about this position. A lot of times people want to be in the position that you are in, but they don't want to have to accept everything that comes with that. This is not a game. Every single day... I have to be very humble. That means if you feel like, you know, stepping all over me today, I will have to just be stepped on and and pray that God, you know, I know that God will handle it. But if God says that he wants you to get that off your chest today, I have to sit through it. And I'm going to be willing to because it's better than losing you. And I have to never lose sight of that. But it's not about I, 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 me, me, me. It's God. God helps me to never lose sight of that. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for God every single day because without him, I would not be able to do this. I don't understand. No, I do understand, but it's it's very difficult in the position that I'm in not to give all the credit to God. I know it might sound like I'm taking the credit, but I'm working on my verbiage. I'm working on, you know, actually saying it all the time. It's God. Because I just noticed yesterday and a in a while before this that I hold on so tight to him. I hold on so tight to God every day. And when I let go, I've learned some things. I've come away. But I am not doing all that is needed to be done. Like when I'm holding on to him. He's doing all the work. God is doing all the work, all of it, all of it for me, my family, for these people around me, for everybody. God is doing all of the work. And when I'm holding on to him, it's like I know better. I know better than to question what he's doing. I know better than to try and figure out, try to make sure, double check his work. You don't have to double check God's work. I know better than to do that. But I know the second I let go, and I've prayed so many prayers for him never to let me go. He doesn't let me go for a second too long. 
But I know the second I let go of God and get out of his presence, that this is me without him and this is him. This is all that he does every single day. And I may not be able to see every single thing he's protecting me from every time. And I'm a lot of times tortured by that fact, too, because I know he's protecting me. But I don't know who or what he's protecting me from right now. But I just have to trust him. I just have to fight and I just have to believe him. I just have to stay with him. And that's what I do. And it's torture because everyone else is around me like, you don't even get to see this part. You don't even get to participate in this. (gasps) Excuse me. You don't even get to participate in this part. You don't even get to hear this part. You're not aware of this. You're not aware of that. You know, they know all these things I do not know. They're here looking, realizing a lot of things that I otherwise cannot see. God is keeping me, you know, from because it's protection. It's protection. So many times it's like, why do I feel like I'm hearing broken conversations? You know, I feel like I'm having a conversation with somebody, but there's so much in between. Like there's so much, so many gaps. And then like some of the things are being said, little things are said to me. Then it's like, it's like a whole other conversation going on in between it. And it's like, this is when I realized I got to hold so fast, hold on so, so close to God and hold so steadfast to God. Because there's a middleman. And there's no telling what they're saying or doing. There's no telling who they're manipulating and what they are making it look as if I am a part of. So I have to hold on to God. Because as long I know as long as I'm with God, whatever it is they're saying or doing, manipulating, he got it handled. He's always going to have it handled. I can trust him. I can trust God. So oftentimes their best, you know, fight or their best way of trying to manipulate or hurt or turn this situation around for the worst is to try and get me to believe that that's not God. Because they know I know God is real. They know I trust God. And they know I choose God. So now they have to make it seem as if that's not God then. Because that's like their only way. As long as I'm holding on to him, they have no chance. But I saw my family behind Satan. And they're starving and dying. And I torture myself every day that I eat, that I drink, that I am not doing everything in my power to get my family out. Just to be reminded today. Which it was already said to me before, don't blame yourself. Trust God, hold on to him. Because it's not even you. It's not even you. You want to do it. You want to get this done. It's your brother. He's scared. And I know that. But what can I do? Blame him for being scared? You know... God has placed such a power in me that I only have the fear of God, so I don't fear anything else. But if the whole object and the mission is to get you to him so that you can understand what the fear of God is, we're fighting hard to get you to 
the Lord so that he can place the fear of God in you so that you fear nothing else. I understand you still fear other things. You fear Satan. You don't want to have to charge past him. I had to do it. Well, God had to do it for me. So now you got to let God do it for you. A lot of times, oftentimes people see me, they're not intimidated. I'm, I'm not intimidating to them. I need God. I need God. God validates me. I'm not ashamed to say that God validates me. I'm not ashamed to say that. My credentials, my resume, anything about me is nothing without God. So, a lot of times, it's very difficult to get people to pay attention. Not even pay attention. I don't have to get them to pay attention. That's one thing that God has done and has consistently showed me. You just be who you are. I'll handle the part where they need to pay attention. Because they just start paying attention out of nowhere. And I don't even expect the attention or expect the acknowledgement. I just am doing everything in my power to be led by God. Trying to be better for him. But, you know, this situation is so new. Because I'm around individuals that, you know, they are... They are recognizing me for who God sees me as. They're starting to recognize me for who God sees me as. I feel that they said to me earlier yesterday, you are intimidating. You are, you know, this person that God says that you are. You are these things. And they tell me, usually they don't ever tell me. They don't ever confirm things for me. I won't say ever. They're confirming things a lot, but maybe I just don't listen. But they said that you are. We see you as that. And I know. I know. But... I have this big issue. I'm not even afraid of it. Like, I'm ready to walk in it. I'm ready to be it. I am walking in it. I am being it. God is making me it right now. He's preparing me. I'm stepping up to the plate. I'm not even afraid of it. But I have these people around me that I love so much, and they're so afraid of it. They're so afraid of this. Earlier today and yesterday... Earlier this week, I guess, I feel that there was a conversation that, that they were saying you're you're constantly checking to see if when she has this position of power, when she's free from your torture and your torment, your turmoil, you're checking to see if she's going to double back and try and seek revenge on you. You're constantly checking to make sure that she's not holding a grudge so that you're safe when this is over because you are so afraid of what she might do. 
You do not believe her when she says she forgives you. You think that she's coming for you and she's over it. Well, trying to get over it, trying to heal, trying to move in the right direction. God says I'm over it. But I noticed that too. And I suffered through it. I noticed it. Every single day, all day. They are, you know, doing everything in their power their way. Not God's way. Well, maybe it's God's way too because it's happening. But to make sure that if they walk away right now. Or if they let it go right now, if they do whatever they're supposed to do right now and move forward and let go of the fight and let their guard down, that I won't then decide to pick up the fight as soon as they put it down. They think I'm a coward. They think that I'm afraid to stand up for myself right now. They don't believe this process because they believe that, oh, you forced to do this. You don't have a choice but to, you know allow this to happen you don't have a choice but to move forward right now but as soon as you have a choice you're running back i promise i already know it i just know that as soon as you have a choice you're going to want to do something to me for what i did you're not letting me get away with this and it's amazing because i believe that that has a big that plays a big portion or part of how we got here they were so afraid that i was going to do something like this to them first so they jumped to do it. And my dad used to always say growing up, don't you ever underestimate a scary person. Because scary people are the main ones that will pull that trigger out of fear. Don't you ever underestimate a scary person. And he made references, but I didn't ever like, I knew what he was saying. But as I get older, it just makes so much more sense. What he's saying is there are people out here who are scared, you know, for real. And because they're scared of what you might do or the thought of what could happen or just you, period, they will hurt you first. They will do it now. They will do it for nothing. They will do it based off the thought of what could happen. They're scared. They're scared. When you aren't scared, you're not thinking about stuff like this. Or if you thought about something like this, you're not scared. Scary people, they do this because they think about stuff like this. They're afraid. It was a conversation that was had. In 2020, when a lot of this was really happening. And the conversation was, oh, okay, I see. This is what I said. But I don't believe that was me. I think that it's been revealed. That wasn't even you on that side of the conversation. But it was okay. I allowed it to happen. Well, I won't say I allowed it. God allowed it to happen because I was fighting so hard to try and get through to this person. But all I know is they said, oh, I see. No, this is the side that I said, oh, I see. So you hurried up and jumped on this before I could because you had to beat me to it. Because if I had gotten to it, you wouldn't have known what to do. 
you had to make sure you got to it first before me. Because you were afraid of what I'd do if I got my hands on it first. And they were like, yup, and I beat you. Yup, and I got to it before you did. So now what? I beat you. And it's funny because in my mind, I'm like, I wouldn't have done it. You beat me in a hypothetical situation or or, or mindset or I don't want to say mindset. You beat me in a hypothetical situation you created in your own mind of what you thought I would have done to you based off of things that you feel that I don't forgive you for. And in my heart and in my mind, I'm just trying to heal and I'm just trying to forgive you. I'm not thinking about going to go try these different things to hurt you. I'm thinking about going to go try these different things to help myself, to heal, to move forward and be a better me, be the best me and not blame other people around me for any situation I'm in, regardless of what they played a part in. I don't know. I guess we just operate differently because in my mind, you know, maybe I blame myself, which sometimes can be horrible, but not necessarily blame myself. But in my mind, I want to take responsibility for the part I played and move forward. And in your mind, you blaming the world. You blaming everybody. I blame people too, so I don't try to judge, but it's just, I guess that's how the mind, your mindset goes when you are really blaming people so I guess I really don't not really I knew that though but people try to convince me differently either way it go whatever part of me that needs to be healed or needs to happen it seems like it's not I mean it's it's happening for me but it's not being received well it's not they don't believe me they don't believe it and you know what to be honest, I pray to God and I pray that, you know, that Satan don't catch me off guard when I'm happy and healed and try and put thoughts into my mind to make me feel like that would ever satisfy any part of my being or my life ever in the future. Because I don't want to, I don't want to go back from all this progress. I want this to be real progress, not pretend progress. I don't want this to be forced progress. I don't want this to be vain progress. I want this to be real progress. If I ever look back in the future and say, oh, I got to go back and do that. I should have done it. Then, you know, obviously it's not real progress. But you know what? I also want to add that eliminating someone's ability to be able to do that is not ensuring that it never happens. Because, I mean, this does go back to being scared. But why would you not let it happen now then? Why would you allow like you're 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 planning on staying here for the rest of your life? You're you're planning on never leaving. And that's what they said. I feel that that's what they said. They said, I'll stay here forever, I'll stay here for the rest of my life. And God is like, No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going to be here for the rest of this person's life. You're not gonna stay here for the rest of this person's life, torturing them every day to make sure that they don't come back for you for what you did. No, you're not. So all of this is redundant. It's guilt. 
And I understand that. But I also understand that because the guilt tortures them like this, and this is what God is saying that I was avoiding by seeking him and seeking healing and, and trying to move forward and move past it instead of seeking revenge. This is what I've been protected from. This is what, this is one of the gifts that comes with that, you know. And because I'm seeing that, you know, because a lot of times you want to believe, okay, God said they're already suffering. So you're thinking like they're not getting no money. They're not moving forward in life. They're not, you know, getting, they're not successful. They don't get to do certain things. They're hurting every day. All this other stuff. And it's true, but it's not necessarily true in a way that you can see it per se. It may not be true in a way that you can see it per se. So that means like it's the guilt, the things that God's protecting you from. When you're healed and at peace with him and being and forgiving others, the torture from unforgiveness, the torture of the thought every single day that you don't, when you don't forgive someone, the anger that comes along with that, the thought process, the torture of those different things you're being protected from. The guilt of the revenge that you would have had, you know, the guilt that you would have picked up from the revenge that you sought, if there even weren't immediate consequences, which for me it usually is. I'm actually seeing that as a blessing now as well. All these different things, like it's the mindset, the the behavior, the the spirit that you operate in when you don't let things go, when you don't move forward, when you don't heal, when you don't allow God's peace in your life. The lack of peace, that's the torture. That's what God says when he says they're already suffering. That's what he means. You were just suffering. You're blessed to have this forgiveness. You're blessed to have this peace. It's the best thing that ever happened to you. And you understand it before now. Things were so much worse. Would you want to go back to how they were? Exactly. That's what you're being spared from. So we as humans, a lot of times we want something to happen to them. We want them to get shot. Or we want them to get beat up. Or we want... You know, everything they're trying to do to us be done to them. We want, you know, we want to see the pain they're going through. But you may not be able to see it. You got to trust God when he says, when he says it's there. But also, you can't look forward to them seeing, you can't look forward to them being in pain. You have to want them to get that healing like you're getting that healing. That's the only way you know you're really healing. When you want other people to heal too, even the people who've done you the worst, you want them to be okay. And if you don't want even the people who've done you the worst to be okay too, then you're not healing. It's not real healing, but it's a process, I will say. It's a process because especially when you're continuously going through these different things every single day, you know, God can do it for you, but it's different when he's training you to do it. He's training you to know how to do it on your own. And that's something that I've asked God for. God can take this from me. He can take this yoke from me. He can just do the work. But I want to know how to do it. I want to know how to do it. I do want to do the work. I want to do the work. Because every single day that I'm practicing like wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. 
Every single day I'm practicing letting it go and not wanting something to happen back to you because you did something to me. I feel it. I feel the progress. It feels good. It feels great. Yeah, it's hard. It's torture. But it feels so great because I realize, like, I'm learning to be the person I asked God to make me. I'm in a process of seeing it right now. This is wonderful. This is a miracle. More. This is everything. But that being said, I've noticed in a lot of these few, a lot of these visions that, you know, people around me, I ignore it. I try my best to ignore it, and it's, I've sort of become immune to it, which I've asked God about lately. Like God, I'm getting immune to the disrespect, and the, you know, um, the jealousy, the hatred, the torture, and the deliberate, intentional you know, making my life harder on purpose, like intent to, you know, make things harder for me. I'm starting to become immune to it. Lord, don't let, don't let me get used to that because I know one day I'm going to get around individuals who won't do that for me, who won't do that. And I want to know that I will know the difference. I know that, but I don't ever want to have someone around me that I've become so immune to their disrespect and intent to destroy that I start to become blind to it. I don't want to be blind to it, but I do want to know how to maintain a good attitude and stay focused on a goal without allowing my feelings each and every single time they do something like that to affect my decisions. Yeah, I want that, but I don't want to be blind. So, you know... Today, not too long ago, I just had this vision. And in this vision, my brother, he was doing it. And I was like, I knew what was going on, but I was like, you know, ignoring it like I usually do. And kind of like in this, like, I'm kind of like floating through now at this point a little bit with God, just floating through things. Even though it's torture, I'm floating through things. And I'm noticing it, but I'm like, you know, not not making it a big deal. So, something must have happened or shifted. Because someone, I want to say that it was God, but I'm not sure. Feels like someone felt it was necessary to remind this remind this individual, remind my brother what's going on. So we're walking my dad to this place. He goes off with somebody. It was torture hanging out with him and my brother because he he kept doing things to frustrate me on purpose. And every single time I get upset about it, he gaslighted me and made me look like I'm making a big deal out of nothing. 
And maybe it looked like nothing or seemed like nothing, but it was the principle. What happened was he had food. I believe it was food. Yes, he has food. And it was me, my brother, I guess two other people and himself. And he's not, he doesn't have enough for me. Like out of the, out of the amount of food that he has, he's like, okay, out of all the people that I went, like he got three and it's four, I guess. He's like, okay, so you're going to be the one not to eat then. Me out of everybody. I'm like, how are you just not going to feed me out of all the people that you could have chose? You're just, you're just going to choose me to not eat? Like, um, I don't know if I like that idea. I don't know. And he's just like, you know, um, I'm going to figure it out. And he goes to get some food. He goes to get the food. He comes back. And it's not me. And he just doesn't choose me. So I get upset. I get upset. This is how I used to react to things, though. I don't react to these things like this, hopefully, anymore. Because I've been holding on to God. I don't want God to let me go. Because I don't know how I will react. I hope that I'm not still in a mindset or place mentally where I can still react and act up like that. Because I used to go through this, like, every day with my dad. And it was really bad. But I started getting upset, like... Why would you feed, like, random strangers over me? Why would you choose a random stranger to eat over me? I'm hungry. You know, they're going to eat. I'm not I'm not going to eat. I just have this. Well, I had something, and then they have more. And I was just upset. But he's, like, not caring. You know, he's like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. And it's like, I just, I just told you what I wanted you to do, you know, make it even or something. Like, I just don't understand how, you know, this is how it's set up anyways, you know? And it feels like I'm tripping. It feels like I'm tripping because it's like, shouldn't you just be grateful to eat it all? Why are you tripping about what you, what you got? Why are you tripping about it? And it's like, because... You know the principles you raised me on. You know the principles you raised me on. So you're not even following those principles right now. And you expect me to not notice it. You expect me to just be, you know, pretend like, what, huh? Like, this is normal. This is not normal. So it's like, it might sound like I'm making a big deal out of nothing. But it's like, imagine if I raised... Imagine if we're both raised on the same principles out of nowhere. I I just stop following those principles and expect for you not to notice it. Or expect for you not to pay attention to these different things. Or expect for you to just be like, oh, whatever. You're going to notice it. Even if you don't get upset about it, you're going to notice, though. And it was treated as if I was just supposed to pretend like that was normal. And I said something because it wasn't. But... You know, overall, I still don't like the way I handle things. And this is why I pray to God to heal me because arguing with some arguing with someone who already made, clearly made a decision is not going to change anything. 
it's not going to make them feel eager about doing something different the next time, especially if you said if you've said this before or if you're going through this before or if you know they know what they're doing. It doesn't matter. Don't you I mean speak up for yourself, be willing to express yourself, but a lot of times it's not even worth it. No, it's always gonna be worth it. But just don't get super upset about it. Don't let it affect you like that. But I used to always wonder, you know, did my dad used to do this stuff, this type of stuff on purpose? Did he used to do this kind of stuff to get to me on purpose? And I think God is confirming that, yes, yes, he did. He did do that. And then I get upset and he said, you're just like my mother. And I just will always taking a taking aback. Because I'd be like wondering like, and what part makes me like her? The part where I'm clearly upset about something that you did. Because I didn't even grow up around my grandmother most most of my life. So if I'm really just like her, then it must just be in the genes. But it's like, is it the part where I'm upset about something that you just did? Or is the part where, you know, the way I handled it? Which one is it? But he catch me off guard when he say this. And then one day he said to me, you know, you're just you're just like my mother. And I'm so messed up by what my mother did to me when I was a kid. You know, she was so wrong to me. And I'm so messed up about it still. And I did not even realize at, the, at that point why he was telling me that. But I think that that is him admitting I torture you because my mother tortured me. You remind me of her. And I still couldn't understand it because I said to myself, I always wanted to believe my dad was the kind of dad that said to himself, I'm going to be a better parent than my parent was to me, to you. Actually, he would say that. So I didn't feel that he was admitting that like that. I didn't take it that way. But, you know, we all are human. None of us are perfect. Regardless, I hate this. I hate this dynamic where I'm pretty much arguing, having to argue with my dad. Like, he's not even my dad. But about dad things. Like, you're not feeding me correctly and you're doing it on purpose. You're feeding other people where they need to be fed like you're supposed to as a dad not make me feel this way but I have to argue with you like you're not even my dad I don't understand that you know but at the same time you know just feeling like I'm getting nowhere anyway either way it goes but like I still have to stick up for myself because if I don't, you know, I'll just I'll just go without. I'll just go without. <laughs> that's just that's the idea. But I think that you do it on purpose. You ex- you intend for me to say something. It's kind of why you kind of like make it a big thing. You announce it, and it's like a, hey everybody, look how I treat her differently and make her feel, you know isolated or unaccepted or 
different from everybody else. Hey, everybody just jump in on this and watch how I, you know, make her feel like something's wrong with her. And I know what you're doing. Like, but it's like, I just wonder, like, is that what you intended to do? So. I say it's always good to give people the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, this is what people, this is the lanes people go to to make you feel like you're crazy. Because he called my grandmother crazy for years. Everybody called my grandmother crazy. And you know what? She didn't seem too crazy to me. But if you're saying I'm like her or I remind her of him, then I know she's not. But she even says, I'm crazy, you know, but she's just kidding. She's just, you know, she's just saying what's been said to her for years. She's not crazy. People call me crazy when I am not going for the lies and the nonsense. When I realize what it is that they're doing, when they're gaslighting me, when they are playing behind my back. When they are pretending to be somebody that they're not in my face. Like, I didn't just see what you just did. Like, I didn't just pick up on that. When I just won't play along with their nonsense, people treat me like I'm crazy. They say, you're crazy, you're crazy. I've heard this so many different times. They're like, you are crazy. And I'm like, at what what point of this conversation did I say something that was crazy to you? What part did you hear you heard that was crazy? Because I could have swore the only thing I said was the truth. It's like, did you not pick up on that? Is this something that you're not understanding? Or was it the fact that, you know, you thought I didn't notice it? Or you expect for me to pretend as if I didn't? Which part was crazy? And, you know, I I started to say, it's none of those things. It can't be any of those things. It has to be the way I'm handling it. And I say, if that's the case, if they're thinking that the, the, what's crazy about me is the way that I handle things, then I, then there's something to consider. Because everything else is not, I'm not considering it. That's what that is. That's the truth. That happened. You are that person. I noticed that. That's real. But... Maybe it's the way I'm handling things. So I started checking with God about the way that I'm handling things. And he's telling me the things I'm doing that's wrong. He's showing me all the all the areas I need to work on. And I'm working on them. And then they're still calling me crazy. And I'm like, okay, now you're just gaslighting me. I'm not crazy. You got a habit of calling people crazy for I guess living in their truth making efforts to do what you won't do taking things for what they are and not pretending that that they are some something else in order to play along whatever game you're playing or you know somehow I don't know Make you feel more comfortable, fit in. 
So I'm crazy to you. That's crazy to you. And I don't ever go for that anymore because God showed me what real crazy is. Yeah, in this process. He said, I need you to stop saying that's crazy. Things are crazy. It's crazy. They're crazy. I need you to stop using that word. Because, you know, this is what crazy looks like. And I saw my family member. They couldn't even form a full sentence. They were like, um, they said something to the magnitude of what time, what time were you getting back to, what time were you getting back? Were you babysitting mom downstairs? And it might sound like it makes sense, but it it has, it, it absolutely does not make sense because they said babysitting on the terms of children, but it's my mom. And I guess you can make it make sense when you're saying you're babysitting your mom. But they wasn't saying it like that. And they said, what time were you getting back? But I had never left. Like, I, at that point for months, probably had never left the house. So... It was it was crazy, but they were also punching the air and crying, all kinds of stuff. But it doesn't matter what they were doing. It just matters that that was what real crazy looks like. Real crazy is like not here. They're not here. You know, they they don't understand nothing. They're like gone. No full sentences, nothing. Like, real crazy is crazy. Crazy for real. So when somebody calls you crazy and you're able to function properly, they're gaslighting you. And so after God showed me what real crazy was, I stopped playing with crazy. I stopped playing with that word. I stopped even wishing that on myself, saying, oh, I'm crazy, no. I'm not crazy, nor do I ever want to be crazy. I've seen it. It's not a game. So everybody's out here calling each other crazy or calling people crazy for picking up on nonsense or not allowing certain things to happen to them that's being done by them, not going along or playing along with stupid, silly games. And, you know, it's a shame. Because if you really love that person, you hate to see them how I saw my loved one. That's really crazy for real. But that's God's point. That's the point that God was making, I believe. It's like. We play over words every day. We think that stuff is a game. We take it lighthearted, but God is not playing. He does not play. Another thing, though, I want to also add really quick before I'm off of here. Something else happened in this vision. My brother 
whom I'm with fighting for every day. He started going in a certain direction. And I'm like, okay, is this the way? All right, come on. And then he's like switching everything up and keep trying to go this way. No, I'm going that way. No, I'm doing this. No, I'm doing that. And I didn't know why he was doing this at first, but I understood that he was like, he wasn't really rocking. I don't want to say rock on me, but he wasn't really like, I guess, cool with me. See, now I don't want to use terms. I want to be literal. He wasn't really like, I don't think he was doing things in my best interest. But, you know, it was a serial killer. It was, I don't want to say it was a serial killer. It was his man. He was standing there. He was just standing there just looking on. And then my brother goes, he's a serial killer. And I'm like, um, okay, we still got to, we got to, we got to keep going. We're on a mission. Then he says again, he's like, no, he's a serial killer. And I'm like, I look at the guy. The guy looks at me. I'm like, what are you doing here? But it's like, at the same time, like, I'm not afraid of him, though. You know, he has a dog and he does. He's just staring off and he doesn't really look like a serial killer. But that doesn't mean that he isn't one. But I'm still like, okay, yeah, I get it. All right, so now what are we going to do? We got to go. He tells me a third time, he's a serial killer, and I'm just like, okay, maybe that's for a reason you're telling me that. Let me start trying to take this serious. And I look at him, I'm like, what is he up to? But, like, I don't know, he just looks like he's behind bars. But he's out in the open, though. I don't know, it was weird. But I feel like maybe that'll make sense one day, that's why I'm adding that in. But then we're walking off, and... We're, like, high up. But it's, like, we're, like, two stories up, I think. But then he says we're 20 stories up. And I'm, like, we're not tw- we're not 20 stories up. This is not 20 stories. Like, we would be way higher if it was 20 stories. He's, like, we're 20 stories up. I'm, like, we're, like, two stories up. But I'm not about to argue with him. I'm just, like, no, we're not. And I didn't say it. I was just, I just, no, we're not. So... All I know is, then I see my stepbrother, and he's, like, out playing in the field, and with his friends, like, I don't know, just running around, and I didn't want to say anything to him, you know, but he calls him over, and when he calls him over, he has a smile on his face, and I'm like, wow, you know? I actually saw you happy today, you know, but I'm not trying to be, you know, condescending or anything like that, but it's like, I saw him happy. I was like, that actually did make me feel better. So thank you. And then he left and he was like, maybe we should ask him to, um, do something for us, the way out or something like that. I was like, uh, no, that's okay. But 
so then we're climbing up these poles and then we're supposed to, he's like this is the way out and we're going we're going this way and I'm like okay all right and at first I was feeling like you know I couldn't do it but I'm like I'm gonna just do it if this is the way out then I guess I'll just have to do it and I started to become brave and then he was like no actually it's this way and he climbs over here and he's like you know it's just feeling of like I might fall but I ignored it and I kept going the next thing I know the gate falls flat on his face and I almost fell two stories down. I think he said something like, you almost fell 20 stories. And in that moment, something happened because it was like, I really almost fell for real. And something happened was like, I looked over at his face. Because it, it's something that happens where it's like, don't look at me or something like that. I always get this feeling like, don't even look over in my direction or something like that. I'm not really tripping about that. Like, as long as I get to help my family, I feel however you feel. But, you know, it always reminds me of that saying, like, never look a dog in its eyes. But I just never know what it really is. But um, all I know is, you know... I look back over at my brother and he's looking like like traumatized. Honestly, the only look that I could refer to is get out. When when he was hypnotized. That's how my brother looked. He looked like he everything that's going on, everything that I've been going through, like the look I've been having for the past couple years, the entire feeling the entire everything. He's looking like, you know, everything just got dropped on him like that. He just got woke up. And I'm like, this must happen. This must have happened before. But the way he's looking, he can't say a word. He's like, mouth just wide open, eyes staring off into a daze, and you can tell. They just told him everything. And I was just thinking to myself, like, if you're just now realizing that, how far along are we from getting you out of here? Will we be able to? And he won't even say a word to me. But I think that's in that moment I realized, like, Someone else is here because I didn't tell him. So. Then. I'm. There's like this. Way. And then there's these doors. They don't have. Like. Handles. To go in or out. He runs up to the door. And then he looks in. He's like. so There's a lady standing on the other side of the door like a janitor. And. She's, like, not letting him in. So he turns around and says, oh, we can't go that way. And so I go that way, and I'm like, I want to make sure anyways. But I'm just like, oh, never mind, nope. But then I was like, you know what? I'll go that way. And it was like, you can't get in. And then they open the door. I'm like, you can't get in. I just walk right through. This has been happening a lot lately. 
And I think that God is making this a very big point. I don't want to make a big deal out of it. But what God has been reminding me is that it's so many people around you. They want to convince you that because the door isn't open for them, that it isn't open for you. But you have the keys. The door is going to open for you. It's just not going to open for them. I'm reminded of this vision I had last year after watching Jingle Jangle. It was a door that you can go through that reveals your, like, it's like a magic door. And it, it's, I guess it reveals your deepest desires of your heart or something of that nature or magnitude. Um, I walked up to the door, and they were like, you can go in, but someone else was there. And I'll never forget, He's, they were like, at first it was locked. They were like, you're not, you're not invited in. You can't go in. But then when I tried to go through the door, they were like, you can go in, though. So I go in, they were like, the other person was like, I don't think you want to go in there. And I just, I always wonder, like, what would that person have experienced if they had gone in there? But that's the thing. They weren't, they weren't able to go in. When I went in there, what happened was I had a vision. In this vision, I was in a car with a girl who was being, who was in an abusive relationship. And this guy, he would always threaten to kill her because she wanted to go to the club with me. And we were gonna, we were just gonna go to the club, girls' night out. Wasn't gonna be anything major, not not cheating on her guy or anything like that. But he was just like at the thought of her going out. He just acted so crazy, and I was like, wow, you know, I've never been in a relationship like that, not necessarily. And I don't know, like I don't understand how why why you put up with this. You're beautiful. You're young. You don't deserve that. And she's just like, I'm in love with him, and they still only really been in a relationship for like two years. It's not worth it, and. All I know is, like, you know, the guy's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. You know I'll kill you. And she's just, like, not taking it serious. Like, girl, he threatens to kill me every single day. It's not that serious. And I'm just like, okay, I've seen toxic relationships before. I understand. I'm not really, you know, making it a big deal if you're not. And then this guy jumps out the driver's seat of the car and leaves it and leaves the car um, at like driving so fast on the street while we're in it. So I hurry up and I jump in the front seat and try and steer it right. But the car crashes and I have to tumble out the car. I tumble out the car and I'm limping and then I see some dark figure run up on me. And it's invisible. But all I know is it takes me high up to the sky and it says denounce God. And I said, no. It's like denounce God or die. And I was like, no. And it dropped me. Then I woke up. And, you know, God's been reminding me of that and also been reminding me that I have the keys. He told me yesterday, all I see, all I keep seeing is like me turning a key, me turning a key, me turning a key. And it's like I'm being told, you have the keys, you have the key, you have access. They don't. Don't let them tell you what you can do, where you can go, or what, what door you're invited into, just because they can't go in. So, it's a, 
it's real. 